This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. We will talk to Alan Hahn in a moment, but 800-919-3776. While we get him on the line, let's take your phone calls. Bobby's in Belmar. What's up, Bobby? Yeah, hi. I guess the great manager, you know, made uh, three great bullpen moves last year, blowing, making three terrible bullpen moves, I should say. Game four LDS, game one and three ACLS by putting in second-level relievers in Schmidt, Twice, and Trevino instead of his big three relievers in Lorenzo, Peralta, and Holmes. I wonder what that if that guy what that guy thinks of that. Well, now, let me get to the. They'll, they'll yeah, say uh, it's organizational, man. Like they'll say uh, that these matchups are given to him, and he's just following. Right. He's following the blueprint. I understand. I understand. That's. I was going to. I should have added that he's a puppet manager. You're absolutely right. So you know that Girardi didn't want to be a puppet manager. So that that's what happened. Uh, which is, you know, Cashman is the family. He's part of the family. The Tom Hayden of the Godfather. He's family by, by not by name, but he is family. Uh, anyway, um, let me get to the Jets. You know, Salah says, I'm going to take the I'm a Jets fan, by the way. But Salah says, I'm going to take the stink out of the Jets. Yeah, worry about the Patriots, okay? Even beating them in eight years, okay? Worry about your offensive line with your right tackle. It hasn't played in two years because of knee problems. Your left ta- offensive tackle, 30, 38 years old, just come to a shoulder surgery, and you know you, you got it. You know you got backup offensive tackles that were terrible in the preseason. I mean Rogers brings in you know you know it's, all his ex Packers that haven't won a playoff game in two years. You know, including two wide receivers, one of them is old. So you're down on you know. Salah. You're down on Salah, and you want him to be worried well, about no, things no, that no, I think no, he's no. Uh, he's obviously worried about those things. Well, Coach Rogers, you know, he brings in his wide receivers. One's an older receiver in his thirties. The other guy drops a lot uh, of passes. Bobby, come on, Bobby. This, this, he this does. Look, Bobby. Here's the thing. You're you're complaining about Aaron Rodgers. Is that what I'm getting from this conversation? No, no. But I don't like the fact that he. But there's a three fourths of the wide receiver core is average at best. The other wide receiver they brought in for KC is injury prone. And how about so, the number the one receiver on the team? How about the number one receiver, Garrett Wilson, who just won Offensive Rookie of the Year? Come on, Bobby. Like, what, what are we doing here? You just watched the Jets for the last twelve seasons miss the damn playoffs. They had one year above five hundred in that span. And you're complaining about having Aaron Rodgers bring some of his ex-teammates? Give me a break. Alan Hahn, hello. How you doing, buddy? Fresh off vacation. Sorry, you're, you're fighting with people already. Come I on, man. What are we doing here? Like It, it, it reminds me of the, the fools who, before Rodgers came to the Jets, were like, you know what? I'd rather have Derek Carr. Rodgers, mm-hmm. can, can, cancerous in the locker room. Uh, failures mm-hmm. in the playoffs. Give me Jimmy G. Mm-hmm. It never made sense to me. Never made sense. No, it doesn't. But the, the you know right now, right now, the, the the naysayers that you're hearing with are either not Jets fans or they're scared Jets fans who are afraid to believe. That's basically it. But if you have not been paying attention in the preseason, and I'm not even talking about preseason games because all you had to see was that one throw and that one throw that came out of spite because of the confrontation that he had with Jihad Ward, right? Like, all you needed to see, because the one thing we never saw through all the hard knocks and the one Jets drive episodes, right, that have been so good, is that we didn't see, we saw happy Aaron. And that's good. And then we got to see in hard knocks, right, a little bit of pissed off Aaron because he didn't like the way some things were going with the offense. All right, that's good, too. But we didn't see it. Like, I wanted to see that, that, that petty. You know, like, I needed to see Petty Aaron. And Petty Aaron showed up when Jihad Ward got in his face. 
and then bumped him a little bit and then started talking to him. And the very, what did he do the very next play? <laughs> very it. next play, he put the ball on the head of the cornerback, on his head, and Garrett Wilson got a touchdown. And then what did Aaron do? Teddy Aaron turned around to Jihad Ward and let him know. Let him know. <laughs> that's what I needed to see. When I saw that, that's when I was like, okay, like this is – you know, this is good George Foreman. That's what we got. Remember, George Foreman came back and won the won the heavyweight championship of the world, you know, 10 years or so after he won it the first time when he was younger and he was more angry, you know, at the world. And he really wasn't, you know, ever, people didn't know him well and all that stuff. And then he came back and he was nice, George Foreman, but he was still a killer. And that's what I wanted to see in Aaron Rodgers. Okay, we're seeing a different Aaron. We're seeing a nice Aaron. But I still need to see that petty Aaron that when, you know, Mike Tomlin's going to try to pull a fast one on the sideline, he's just going to nod to him, give him that wink, like, oh, I see what you're doing. Don't worry, I got you. You know, like, I needed to see that that guy still existed. And, and, and you know, the Stephen A. does, that's a bad man. Mm-hmm. That throw, and you could say, oh, it's a good, you know, I love it. I get the Giants fans. Like, they give me the whole, oh, it was against the third string. It don't <laughs> matter who it was against. Is the fact that that guy showed up and put the ball literally on a defender's head in a place that nowhere else – like, you can't, it's indefensible. And Garrett Wilson made the catch, and they get the touchdown out of it. And Petty Aaron showed up, and he let everybody know, oh, no, that guy's still here. So once I saw that, I sat back and I went, oh, this is going to be fun. Because I, the Jets haven't had a guy – they haven't had that guy. In, I don't think ever. That guy. And now the Jets have that guy. And that is why any fan right now that is trying to find reasons not to believe is either not really a fan or they're scared to be one. And it's the first time for me ever I feel like watching this team every single week, regardless of where the game is played, I have a chance just simply because who's the quarterback. So yes, with and I, and yes. I love the fact that you're fresh off a of vacation because you've got a lot of takes and you 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 know you're rejuvenated. So so give me give me because we we talked about this earlier. Uh, you know, people think it's Super Bowl or bust. What do you think is the floor for this team? Where like that this happens and we deem it a success, but it's the at the worst case scenario. I hate doing that. Like, it, like they, I'm telling you, that they is, have to get to a title game. When we do this, when we do this, this is this again. This brings us back to loser talk. We're, we're, this is what we do. Now we're setting a floor. Like, because this is that thing that we do that we want to say, okay, what's satisfactory? And for me, I think the sky's the limit. I'm not, I don't want to look at what's the worst that can happen that you'd be happy with. I don't want to look at it that way. I'm looking at it as what's the best that this team can be? Because, you know, like I say this every year, you and I have talked about this. You know, I've covered many teams. You walk in a locker room, you look around, and you can just feel it. Guys are like, man, we got a squad. Like, we got a squad. We could do something this year, right? Like, I have been there, and I've seen guys. Like, I, you know, again, I always go back to the 2013 Knicks team, 2012, 2013. You walk in there, and you see Jason Kidd, and you see Rasheed Wallace, and you see, like, these guys that have done stuff. And you walk in the room, and you just look around, and the guys just look at you, and Melo just had this, like, bounce about him. Like, he just knew, like, oh, yeah, yeah, we got some stuff. Like, we got something here. Like, this is legit. Versus, like, you know, a few years prior to that, when, you know, you've got some guys and you got to turn them around and say, well, what number are you? Who are you? You know, like, you, 
you know, like when you got to look at the nameplate in the <laughs> locker room, <laughs> when you're like, oh, we're going to interview some players. Who's that guy talking in the corner? And you look at his nameplate. If you don't know who he is, then that team is not good. All right? <laughs> so that you have those teams that you feel that way about. And that's what I feel about this Jets team is there's just something about them, and the sky is the limit. So rather than look at, you know, what's the worst you'll accept, I'm looking at this team could win a Super Bowl. And it's not crazy to say it. It's not out of the question to say it. They can. And you haven't said that about a Jets team, at least since 2010. And even in 2010, you were like, man, but, you know, you worried about, you know, was Sanchez going to be good enough? Like, there was always something that held you back. You know, you go back to Vinny Testaverde right before that Achilles snap. That's the last time I remember feeling that good about the Jets winning the Super Bowl. It's you funny. Know? I you mean, may- I love Bart Scott, but I wasn't that. <laughs> either. 2010, you were still like, man, there's still Tom Brady in this world. Yeah. You know, there's still Peyton Manning in this world. Who you beat? I mean, who you, who you ended up beating in the play? And th- you know, you know what? You oh, know I what? Know. I have fun with just just real quick. So that 2010 run. So they beat yeah. they beat Brady and Manning. Yes. And then yes. up next is so. Could you imagine they had completed uh, beating Roethlisberger and then Rodgers like that forced yeah, them? Yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> all they had to do was run the ball, man. They just didn't want to run the ball. <laughs> Anyways, um, also didn't they have kicking problems in that game. But where we go, I don't want to go back in time. I'm just saying, when you ask me for a floor, I'm giving you the ceiling. I'm not giving you. Oh, the ceiling is teams, the roof. The ceiling is the roof. Yeah. <laughs> but you know how it is. Some teams, you're like, you know. How good can they be? Yeah, you know, they can go to second round. Oh, you know, I could see them getting to the conference champion, you know, like that. Like, but, you know, this is, if it, if a team has championship caliber ability, that's all you should be talking about. And if they don't get there, then we can decide, well, you know what, though, it was still a hell of a season. And now let's run it back. All right, talk to me right? about the Giants. But I'm telling you. Talk to you about the Giants. The Giants. Cause, to, well, because here, here's my thing. I, I get so annoyed, and it's it's been happening the last, let's call it two months, where like, mm-hmm. just because the schedule's tougher, we should expect them to take a step back, which I can't quite figure out why that's the I case when you just paid your quarterback it. $40 million. What team pays their quarterback and you accept missing the playoffs that next season? It just no. doesn't happen. No, it's unacceptable. You know, and here's the thing. You're saying it because a lot of people say that. This is, once again, this is this is playing it safe fandom. That's what this is. This is this is what you do when you're trying to play it safe as a fan. You lower expectations and you hope to exceed them, right? right, right the DPHO says this all the time. You under-promise and over-deliver. That's one of his famous lines. And I love it. But it's also something that, as a fan, you do that because if you over like, then you feel better about how the season went. And that's to me that's 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 trash. This team should be better because it's the second year in the system, and you've mentioned it about Daniel Jones. You're giving him forty million a year, but you, I mean, he's not supposed to get better. Exactly. He's just supposed to stay the same now. Like that's it. There's no like, he doesn't have the ability to take it up a notch, you know. And 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 obviously Saquon, the wide receivers right now are healthy. They didn't have that last year at all. Oh oh, I'm sorry. And then there's Darren Waller. Who might be when he's healthy, one of the best tight ends in the game. So you just so you're better offensively and defensively. You're going to be young at corner. That's a bit of a concern. You got linebacker play finally. You didn't have it last year, and your front four is tough. That's a good front four. So tell me again why they should be worse, and don't tell me it's because of the opponents. 
Like, that doesn't make sense. You're a better team. You should be a better team this year. I'm not going to say that it means they get as far as they got last year because what they did last year in the playoffs, I don't think anybody expected, but it doesn't mean that they should be worse this year. They're going to be very competitive, and they should be. And you know what? They should catch teams like Dallas and Philly who aren't thinking about the Giants. They're thinking about each other. That's when you catch them. So, you know, yeah, I'm not buying that either. And when we were at Giants camp a couple of weeks ago and I was talking to, to – we were talking to Dave all about that. Like, I, I was telling him that. I'm like, I'm not buying that. And he says, well, we're not, we're, not, we're not saying that in our building. You know, that's whatever's being said outside our building. We can't control that. You know, and, and so they're not thinking it. You know, they're, they're, they're thinking about beating Dallas. I love Start it. there. And I think they will. Uh, Alan, I, I have to do this. I'm sorry. You know how much I love you, brother. You might be the guy I'm closest to at this station. You're a mentor. I get to call you and vent to you. I text you. But I'm still annoyed with you for what happened in 2017 with the Yankees. And I think that when we do the whole pie chart of who's to blame, is it Cashman, is it Boone, is it Howe, on that chart is Alan Hahn, who after the Yankees lost Game 7 in Houston because Evan Gaddis and Charlie Morton were too much for them, Alan said, up, all good. You know, house money, that that arrogance that we criticize the Yankees for having. Oh, guess who had it? That would be Alan Hahn. And now we look six years later, they're no closer than they were in 2017. So I need your thoughts on the Yankees. What should they do? How? You know, you you hear he's bringing a third party in. Give it all to me, brother. Mm -hmm. It's fair. Fair criticism. I own it. I have to own that. That was a terrible take. Um, when I said house money, because I thought it's the baby bombers. This is the first experience of it. You got to lose to win sometimes. And I thought that experience did not know that the Astros were cheating. We later <laughs> found out they were, but didn't know. All right. So I do get an asterisk for that. But I looked at it as there's the experience that you needed. And you come back hungrier and, and, and ready and experienced. And in 2018, it should have just, you know, continued. It did not. Now, did I foresee a philosophy change, an over-reliance on analytics, a, a, an entire change on their approach offensively and what they do at the plate and everything that we've learned since then? How could I possibly anticipate that? Because the Brian Cashman I knew wasn't that. This is something that they decided to do with that group, and we didn't know that. So, you know, I, I can you know, I can only – claim ignorance on this one right that's why i thought oh this is fine because this is what's supposed to happen and develop these guys and they did and we're going to do it again now right because i guess here's another version of baby bombers that we're supposed to start lapping up and enjoying the rest of this season baby but, bombers 1.0 um, didn't work out that was a failure well you know and why did it fail why did it fail because they enabled these guys like glaber is still booting balls out of the field like, as, as much as he produces, it's maddening to see in the worst times the play, the ball's coming to him, and he finds a way to screw it up. Like, he just finds ways at the most painful times to remind you that he's just as maddening as Gary Sanchez would be. And how many times did Gary behind the plate where it's just at the wrong time, the pitch just goes right through him. And the guy couldn't have been any heavier a catcher. At one point, almost 240 pounds. Somehow the ball found a, an opening between his elbow and his, you know, his, his side roll. How does that happen? But it does. 
you know, you had injuries. You know, Greg Bird, you know, got hurt, and, and Tyler Wade got hurt. You had guys that you just didn't expect that would happen to them. And Severino, we thought was something, but I mean, uh, you know, who knows what's happened to him since the original injury? So what's next? What do they do? What's great? What do they do? How do we fix this? Cashman, Boone, like what? What are we doing? Philosophy, 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 man, philosophy, philosophy. They're not going to fire the GM, but they have to change the way they do the business, and that's up to the owner. And the question I've always wanted to ask Hal, myself personally, that I I never had a chance to interview him, but if I ever did, it'd be the first question I asked him. Very simple. You spent the second most amount of money on your roster this season. Even though people call you out for being on a budget and everything else, you still spend as much as anybody does. You spend. So is your money being spent wisely? I need that answer because I don't think it is. Because the money you're spending on the geek squad that's sitting in that room, the boiler room at Yankee Stadium, just punching and crunching numbers all day long. There literally is a room, Todd, in the building where it's just a bunch of guys, a bunch of people crunching numbers at computers. I'm Do they look you, like nerds? I want to picture how that looks. Because the, the picture yeah. in my mind, no, they, they're it's wearing wild. glasses. It's, you feel like you high feel waters. Like you're, it's like it's, you, <laughs> pocket protective. No, <laughs> but it does. It feels very much like like a, a, like a finance firm. That's what it's about. Like it's, it's, you know, a stock brokerage or something like that, where it's just, you, you have numbers, you have data and you're putting it all together and you're just coming up with forecasts and plans and everything else. Like it's legit like that. And you know, as, as they say, the math ain't mathing. And so that's what I want to see. Hal, this is your money. You're writing these checks. Are you going to look at the people that you won't fire and say, change the math, change it. All right, you're still running my business, but we're not doing it this way anymore. This didn't work. Change it. Because it didn't work, clearly. And they can keep trying to tell us that it's because of injuries. But, oh, by the way, numbers don't factor in things like that, especially injuries. But you know what does? The guys that you trade for that are either hurt or 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 have a history of being hurt. Because you, know, you and I joke about this all the time. You know, hey, remember that? Remember that shoulder injury? <laughs> it just Whatever went away. Whatever happened with that? <laughs> Whatever happened with it? Remember, remember that? Remember that you were dealing with a chronic shoulder issue? Well, that just went away, didn't it? No, no, you never say that. So that's you no know, that elbow pain that you had two years ago. Yeah, whatever happened with that? Remember when Stanton wasn't able to run? Remember if Stanton went an entire season where he couldn't run? Whatever happened to that? It just kind of magically changed. He was able to run again. It just and then you enable. But but here's the other problem: you enable a guy like that to spend his off season powerlifting, like like again allowing Luke Voigt to 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 suddenly turn himself into a powerlifter. Why would you do that? The sport is not about power. The sport is about flexibility quickness and speed hand speed right all those things the ability to, to, to not just run bases but run the field run around the field move and if you have a player on your team that might be able to hit it at you know 200 miles an hour off the bat but he can't get the first in time i mean that's a problem but you're allowing it because you don't tell him like i've said this about your lakers anthony davis shouldn't bother lifting anything above his body, above his waist. And yet, what did I see this offseason? 
My man's doing shoulder presses. <laughs> He's doing all kinds of – and I'm like, I get it, but we don't need a gun show. We don't need that from you. I could care less that you have a vein on your bicep. What I need to see is that your legs are agile and strong and that every time you land, you don't wince. Like, I can see you run the floor and not worry that the next step you take, you're going to crumble and you're going to stay down for 10 minutes. But that's the problem with Stanton is, to me, when you say, well, his body's breaking down, no. Whatever he's doing in the offseason is the wrong thing, and they do nothing about it. That's the problem. So how do you fix it? It's the philosophy. It's coddling players, and and it's the way they play the game. That all has to change. If you're not going to fire anybody, then you've got to change the way you think. You just brought the business. you just brought up basketball, so I'll bite. Uh, you think Kyrie gets a, a tribute video when he returns to Brooklyn? <laughs> well, we just gave one to Hicks. I've, uh, Scherzer it, got it, one. It will be interesting. I, I I do I do think I do think the Nets will do something for him. I do think they will. Mainly because stab him with a syringe that has vaccine in it. How about you do that? <laughs> because he did grow up a Nets fan. He talked all about that. So you know there'll be something. They'll they'll probably keep it very simple. I think KD will get a lot more. Of course. But I think they'll. I think. But I think for Kyrie, they'll they'll do a little something, and then you know, and then they'll let the crowd decide how they want to handle it. But you got to do something. The bigger question is going to be about James Harden. When he left Brooklyn, we were like, yeah, I don't blame him. Yeah. But now he wants to leave Philly, and you're like, wait a minute. There's a pattern here. <laughs> and then I saw a story. I, I think it was Rachel Nichols who said, well, he wants to go to a team where he's the number one option. Yeah, because that worked out last time. Well, he had that in Houston, and then he didn't want to do that anymore. Because remember when he talked about how it was too much? Too much. Yeah, it's hard. He, he, said, he said it's hard. Yeah. <laughs> he yeah. said it's, so, it's like one of the weakest things I've ever heard, heard a superstar say. Yeah. Well, that's that's today's NBA. And if you're the Knicks, you're enjoying it because you just want to see another team that was above you in the standings crumble. How about that's, this? That's exactly what you want to watch. Let me throw... Let me make it harder. I'll throw three names at you. I think I know your order. But we, we hear the okay. rumblings about Giannis, and, and if they don't win, maybe he wants out. Embiid, obviously. Yeah. And then yeah. Luka is an interesting one. So we'll remove Embiid Very. from the situation. Let's remove Embiid because I, I think you'll have him last just because of the injury stuff. But let's just say Phoenix blows up Booker. I've heard you mention that before. So I'll give you Giannis, Booker, and Luka in order of – preference as far as the Knicks going out and getting those guys, assuming their situations go awry and, and they request a trade? Devin Booker is my first choice. Mm. Always. Always until the end of time. I think I think I just the guy is a star and for some reason in the league like, like this guy's legit. Like I always said this. Now you can go back a couple of years ago I did a top twenty top five under twenty five in the league. I put him at number one over Luca, and over I think at the time Tatum. And I mean, of course, basketball Twitter. You know, of course, called Roasted me a, you you. Know, a mid. You know, like <laughs> they, what do I know? They called you stuff. a casual. The That's the I, thing. You're a casual. Yeah, yeah well, I was, I was the casual, right? And then the last time I checked, hmm, did Booker get to a finals? Yes. <laughs> has Has Booker been a dynamic player that others want to play with? Yes. 
And I know Tatum got to a finals, but how'd he look in that finals? Well, yeah, he Who played the, better than him? He was the second Taylor best Brown. player on his own team in the finals that year. Yeah, so so again, and then Luca, Luca got to a conference finals. Yes, it didn't get to a final. All right, so I'm talking about a guy who he's that guy. I don't know why he doesn't get the same kind of love that the others, you know, we've mentioned of his age get. But I've been a big fan of Booker. So if, if that, if things go weird in Phoenix, and I've heard that, you know, the new ownership there, we've already seen him act up with uh, with, with Jokic. But I've heard that, that it's something to watch in Phoenix, like how long that's going to last with KD and Beal and all that stuff. It's definitely worth watching, but I don't see him becoming available anytime soon. But if he did, that's the first guy I'd go for. So who's second between no Giannis and, uh, and, and Luka? Yeah, it's, it's, I would I would lean Luka because – Brunson and he have a relationship. They've played together. They've had success together. So I would lean Luca on that one. Um, obviously, Giannis though is just such a compelling player that you know he 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 just yeah he's so freaking good. I mean, you you always go to the two-time MVP, don't you? It's just yeah, older and not just that. You know, the, and you the, worry about a game that doesn't age well because when the athleticism goes away, it's not like he can fall back on a on a jump shot, right? But defensively, I Luke mean, is that younger and more sturdy. Not just the MVPs, the defensive player of the year. You have fifty in a in a game six no, in no, the finals. I'm with you. Yeah, I'm not. I'm, like I said, I'm with you. All that stuff is there. It's it all depends on fit, and you know. How does the game age? It is a huge contract. You know, there's a lot there. So it's not an easy answer is, I guess, what I'm trying to tell you. But I didn't cop out. I said I would lean Luca because of the relationship that he and Brunson have already built in. They know how to play together, and they've had great success together. Appreciate you, man, carving out some time on a Saturday. You're back from vacation on Tuesday. Barton Hahn returns 12 to 3. We'll be all over the Jets, the Giants. The, the NFL Week 1 will be two days away, so I'm excited about that, man. Really appreciate you. Much love oh, yeah. to you, my man. Can't wait. Thank you. Back at you, man. Take care. That's Alan Hahn. We went a little long there, so a little clock correction. Back to your phone calls when we return right here on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. Tommy's in Connecticut. What's up, Tommy? Yo, what up, Ty? What's going on, brother? What's going on? So we, so we got we got Amani who's going to be on with Anita in the mornings. You're working with Brandon. Yes, sir. But, all right. Two of the most opinionated Twitter personalities there are, for sure. There we go. <laughs> we got to have some fun, man. Sundays are going Sundays are going to be lit during the NFL season. I'm looking forward to it. Absolutely. I love it. So, just two quick things on the Giants. Um, obviously, we were able to hang on to both coordinators, which I think is is just huge, out, yep. absolutely outstanding. Let's let's Dave all be the be the head coach. And uh, as far as like the schedule goes, so I was looking at it. You gotta you gotta win some division games, and then I was looking at what you know. So we're playing the NFC West, I believe, right? I'm sorry. Say that one more time, Tommy. I lost you a little bit there. What'd you say? Uh, I, I said, aside from the division games, we're, I think we're playing the NFC West, right? Yeah. So we yeah. got the Seahawks. We got the Niners. Yeah, you got the Seahawks. Uh, that's week four, preceded by the the Niners, week three. 
yeah. I think having I think having the Seahawks at home is like a huge win. Not having to go all the way. And up then you play Seattle. Arizona that week too. That and Arizona, you know, they're they're tanking. So that's in the, that that is a gimme win. They are they are begging you to take that game. Yeah, you got you know uh, Arizona and uh, and Los Angeles, the Rams. You you got to win. And then and then you got you got Green in there, which is that's kind of that's kind of a I I, I don't know yet. I don't know. It, you know, I don't know what Jordan Love is going to be. None of us do, and I appreciate the call, Tommy. I mentioned this earlier. Uh, the, the schedule, the first six games, you talk about the Jets. For the Giants, it is brutal. Home for Dallas, a team you haven't beaten since 2016. Then you get the Cardinals. That should be a win. But then it's at San Francisco, a contender. Home for Seattle, or was a playoff team last year. And then at Miami, at Buffalo. But... When we look at the wild card situation, because, you know, most of us would assume, I think, accurately that your best path and maybe your only path to a playoff spot is via the wild card because you either have Dallas or Philly winning that division. The teams you're going to be battling for in the wild card outside of your division, you you get to play. If you think San Francisco is going to win the West, Seattle, you played on week four. You get to play Green Bay. A lot of people are assuming that Detroit's going to win that NFC North. So Green Bay, if they're in the thick of things, if they're in playoff contention, you play them Week 14. We have no idea who's going to, you know, win the South, but you you would imagine the South's not getting any wild card teams. Uh, but you know, it's right there in front of you. It's right there in front of you. That's all I'm saying. I I, I don't think that you have to be as good as you were last year, just if we're measuring success based on, you know, results. I don't think you have to win a playoff game. I don't think you have to go further than you did last year. I don't think you got to get to a a championship game. That would be ridiculous. All I'm saying is with this team and everything you love about it, the coach, the quarterback, like all, all of the chemistry, you've got your coordinators back, which is huge. Don't underrate that. Like that's, that's big. You remember Giant fans were fearful they could lose either one or both of their coordinators. You got them back. You've improved with your depth on defense. Waller, if he's healthy, can be one of the best tight ends in football. All of your weapons are better. Daniel Jones, it comes down to him being able to take that leap. The Giants did not pay him, and I thought Allen was spot on when he said this. You didn't pay him to just, you know, what was it last year? He had 22 total touchdowns. It's not why you paid him. You paid him because you saw enough growth that there's a different level, especially in this system with Dable. That next jump could catapult him into the top 10. And whatever that next jump is, you should be expecting to at the very least get a glimpse of that this year. And if that happens, I find it hard to believe with this improved amount of talent on offense with your defense and the head coach, I find it hard to believe that you'd miss the playoffs. George is in Westchester. Uh, what's up, George? Hey, nine five. What's up, man? Uh, so uh, from one Jet fan to another, amidst all the uh, like O-line concerns, I think uh, I think we're going to kill two, per- two birds with one stone. I, th- I really do. I think um, I think a big thing that um, – Hackett and uh, Rodgers are bringing over is we're going to be screen heavy. And these running backs, we are loaded. Mm -hmm. And that's going to neutralize the pass rush. 
And so now you have a pass rush that wants to pin the ears back, but they can't. That's just a disaster. And I love it for us. But, um, yeah, man, I, I, think, I think we got the backfield to just cause misery yeah. all over the uh, opposition. And another thing, I was big on Ty Johnson. A lot of people probably wasn't. I don't know what happened there, but. I thought he was a heck of a football player. Lost the numbers game. They, I mean, they're loaded at running back, and I appreciate the call, George. When when you have Izzy, who you just drafted, Michael Carter coming off of a disappointing campaign, but, uh, you know, in-house they have to believe he's going to get better. And then you went all-in on Cook. Brees Hall's coming back. I, I did think Dalvin was more of a necessity than a luxury just because, you know, Brees Hall— is going to be on a snap count to start the season, and we can dream and fantasize about his potential based on what we saw in his initial campaign. But it's going to take some time for him to get his legs underneath him. He's not going to hit the ground running, and I don't think you want him to be overexerted too soon. Like, I get ACL injuries. Like, it's not how it was 20, you know, even 10 years ago, 10, 10, 15, 20 years ago. But he is such a home run hitter. You invest in him because of you know he's homegrown. You just drafted him. You want to see him come along strong, but slowly. And I think if you're meticulous about how you attack this, you can help elongate his jet career. And you know ultimately, more important is this season and what your ceiling is, and you trying to get your goals. But if you view him as a player who, for years to come, can be a legitimate force on your offense. It's in his best interest and in your best interest to gradually bring him along. Jose's in Brooklyn. What's up, Jose? Hey, good afternoon, Ty. Shout out to the company. Just wanted to chit chat of the world. Of you better give them a shout out, on. man. Lonnie was on the air earlier saying that if you're a company <laughs> member and you call this radio station and you d- dare not to give them a shout out, you get suspended. That is not what you he are going to get ringed out. I, you know, the, the group chat. I, I know y'all got a group chat. It, it's going to be ringing off of just you, you getting it handed to you. That's what he said. I'm not making this up. I'm telling you. I asked him on the air. I said, if you don't shout out the company, because I noticed y'all, y'all start every phone call with that. And some some of you guys sound like it's like a gun to your head when you're saying it. Like, there's no company, energy. Man. There's no enthusiasm. Shout out to the company. Like You're just forced to do it. I'm a big company. Yeah. Come on, man. Come on. Stop that. <laughs> so, here, so here's what, uh, you know, because I, I heard you, you know, t- t- taking shots at certain jet fans and everything, you know, with our mindsets, you know, and I get I get it. But I'm going I'm to I'm let that be, you know, to let, 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 let's talk about, you know, the expectations of it all. So to me, I, I find it funny because, like, I totally agree with Alan. If you're not optimistic and positive and actually think that this team doesn't have a chance to possibly win the Super Bowl, then like, like, what are we doing here, man? Like, th- this is Aaron Rodgers. This is our defense here. All the way, like, we're not even even talking about the how he can pretty much exploit different offenses with, with, with even our tight ends if everyone's worried about our, our wide receiver room because Conklin is uh, going to be a beast in the short game and, and he's pretty much reliable in the long game and you have CJ for the big for, for the big height and you also have Rucker who's also like 6'5", six, 6'6". Six, six. So there's a lot of talent on this team that I'm just like, man, this could this could be a year where yo know, like stop it with this you know we're the Jets 
You know, because I, cause I, cause I, I'm sorry, Ty. I grew up with the Jets where I, I watched Curtis Martin. I watched the Herman Edwards years. I watched the Rex Ryan years. It wasn't all bad. So, yeah, I'm going to have a little bit of a confidence when we get one of the best quarterbacks of all time mm-hmm. with the top four defense. Talk to him, and Jose. We were, just, we were just almost what? We, we only... We we only lost six games in a row because we didn't have a quarterback. Come on, like let let let's be real, guys. Come it. on, let let let's get that confidence back back up, guys. Appreciate the call, Jose. I'm not saying you have to be someone of this. Like, oh, we're definitely winning the Super Bowl. No, you you have to give respect to the class that is the AOC with the Bengals and the Chiefs. But everyone else, in my opinion, can be had. I don't think you should hang your head on losing this division. I think you can win the division. And Monday night, when you beat the Bills, that'll be a leg you have up. Stand tall on it. You Pump your chest out. Say it with your chest like Kevin Hart said. You, y'all saw Kevin Hart? What did he, like, rupture? He he tore his stomach up in a race, right, Jacob? Yeah, he did. He tried to race. Uh, we got the cut here. He, 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 he was involved was in some, a, like, 40-yard dash and then ended up getting injured? Here, we got it right here. Here we go. Those that know me know I'm pretty fast. <laughs> Steven said, Kev, ain't no way you're going to beat me. Steven is an ex-NFL uh, running back, played for the New England Patriots. Oh, Very good guy. I said, Steve, you can bet it. He said, bet. I said, bet. We get out there, we go run the 40-yard dash. 40-yard dash. Guys, I blew all my- Tore my lower abdomen. Oh, uh, man. My doctors. I tore. I don't even know what that is, but I tore them. <laughs> I tore those two. I can't walk. Oh, uh, man. We did that segment earlier where I played myself. We was uh, biting off of Rosenberg and what he does with Eobar and Laura. Like, congratulations, you played yourself. I played myself, decided to, to do laundry on a Saturday. That's what you call playing yourself. Oh, absolutely. Listen, you try to race any professional athlete. Well, what was the upside there? Just bragging rights? I mean, let's just say I beat a I beat a guy in a forty yard dash. He's but, an NFL player. I mean, it's bragging rights. I'll take it. Okay, I could but, I could go to Ty Butler and say, you know what, I beat Stephen Ridley in a forty yard dash. But judge that against like the actual probability of you winning that race. You, you're going to win a race with an, a former NFL player. It's 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 very low. It's very low. Come I mean, on, Kevin. I might have a better chance with the lotto, but you know, even then. Come on, my G. You ended up in a wheelchair because you thought that you you had the 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 speed to race Stephen Ridley. And not only that, I can only imagine. Have you ever just not stretched, not worked yeah, out, and just, and just, bur- just yeah. went straight to it? I think it's one of those where he just had the all time confidence and it got. He just shot. went in with no foreplay, man. Eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. Back to your phone calls. We'll return six o'clock. We'll get back to baseball right here on ninety eight seven ESPN. This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. He sat in the scene. Ladies, man, Jacob. Oh, yeah. You hitting, you hitting the town tonight? Yeah, I'll be in a Brooklyn Navy Yard tonight. Oh, okay. What's, what's, what's on tap there? Let, let me hear. What's going on? What's going down? Uh, Dope Barbecue, hosted by one of my boys, but also Movado's going to be there. Oh. So you know it's going to be big vibes. It's going to be there. a wine and grind situation. Mm, mm-hmm. No, uh... Smack him, yak him. You know, might not make it home. It's the end of the summer. Oh, man. This is the last big you know, weekend of the summer. You got to go out w- with a bang, if you know what I mean. Yeah, you know, I, <laughs> I, I do have high expectations, too. There's a lot of guys up here that uh, 
just wait for me and live vicariously through my life. So, uh huh. Because you know. you're single and ready to mingle. Yeah, exactly. You so. got the braids done. Mm hmm. You looking fly today. I got the shades too. I'm ready. So you feel you feeling yourself. Mm hmm. And you feeling you feeling confident about what you're gonna do tonight. Yeah. I love it. I dig it. By the way, um, anything more depressing than losing that new car smell? You get a new car, and it's like. You feel good because you want to know how long it lasts. And for me, it's been a month. I got a call today. I told you my wife was was driving up to Jersey with the kids. She says, it's been a bleep show. So I'm like, what happened? She's like, kids crying, yada, yada, yada. Noah threw up in the car. Oh, jeez. I'm just, I'm like, oh, man. If I'm being honest, I'm surprised it lasted as long as it did. A month? Yeah. Well, and I'm like, how does that happen? She says, probably, you know, they left the house early. He had chocolate milk right before they left. So uh. when you get yeah that mixed up with the car sickness, then she sends me pictures. I'm just like, oh, man, that's the worst way to break the seal. Vomit? I mean, that's why I said it. I'm surprised it lasted as long as it did. I mean, you're a guy with two kids. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I don't allow eating in the car. But I, I see what you mean about there's like the, the possibilities are endless with, with kids. It, like it, it just go wrong at any time. I mean, I'm I'm happy that it lasted as long as it did, but I'm also I share your pain. Hopefully, wifey got it cleaned out. Yeah, she cleaned the car seat, she sent me pictures, but you know, it takes a while. I don't know if you've ever been with so actually one of my friends had a BMW and we went out for a brunch and he got wasted. Ended up throwing up in his car, and for like three months, you could still smell it. Like that's one of the the toughest scents to get out of a car or where, wherever you are. Yeah, you could smell it for. I mean, we we smelled it for months. I'm hoping that's not the case because that's embarrassing. You get into someone's car and it smells like throw up. You judging them all kinds of ways. Yeah, cause I'd rather you, I'd rather you have like a thousand things in the car where I could I could excuse that because you know everybody lives in their car sometimes. So, but if I just walk in there and it just smells like throw up or it smells like you know your dog or cat took a yeah did something did something you wasn't supposed to be doing you you get judged for that. By the way, I don't know if you guys saw this. I hate to be that guy. I hate to be that guy. Uh, came across this headline yesterday. Nick Sarge Barrett stands out in the worst way in Canada World Cup upset. I did see that. Man, oh man. So Brazil beat Canada. Their first loss to the tournament. They're now on the brink of elimination. 69-65 was the final score. How did RJ Barrett do? Uh, one of eight, four points. And his only field goal came at the end of the game when it, when it was already decided. So for, for the part of the game that mattered, he scored one point at the free throw line. And it comes back to this. We're going to be talking about it. Basketball season, tra- uh, training camp gets underway at the end of this month. The, the regular season pops off in October. It's crazy how close we are. I saw Clay Thompson's already predicting the Warriors are going to win a championship. He's out in China having fun, saying, "Oh, I can't wait to come back next year with our fifth ring." Uh, but the same conversation is going to be the same about RJ. Uh, consistency. People call me a hater. Uh, I'm not a hater. I like the Knicks. They treat me well when I go to the Garden. I love going to their games. I'm a basketball fan, number one, diehard. So when the Knicks are great, it's good for us at the station. It's good for me because I enjoy it and I get to go to games that are fun. I get to go to a playoff game. It's just that when you have this guy, you, you you just locked in to an extension and the fan base loves, which I understand he's homegrown and Yankee fans are the same way with homegrown players, Mets fans. Like, we're all like that. It's just, I, I 
point out he's fallen short of what the expectations are. And, uh, you know, to his credit, he's actually played well during this tournament. Yesterday was, you know, the the lone outlier. It's just the consistency is going to be something we talk about a lot during the basketball season. Our number, what is this, four coming up. It's been a marathon. We'll get back to the baseball, leading you into Yankees-Astros from Minute Maid Park right here on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. Luis Severino on the mound for the Bombers. It actually looked pretty good his last two starts. Before we get back to the phone calls at 800-919-3776, I'm sorry, I have to do this. I can't, I can't help myself. I came across this story a couple of days ago, and I'm, I'm just thinking to myself, huh? All right, so the headline is Eli Apple's baby mama offers to pay the fines of any player who injures him. Hmm. Eli Apple has a bounty on his head. The cornerback who signed with the Dolphins this offseason is being targeted by his baby mama. And the quote is, I guess she put this out on social media. If you play against my baby daddy this season, please go for the knees. Maybe a hammy. Number 33 for the Dolphins. I'll gladly sell you back for any fines. I mean, there's so many issues with this. First of all, if you're an actual NFL player, you have to be nervous that if you are involved in some type of play where he gets hurt, this could be tied back to you? Because she's put a bounty on, on his head. And for, first of all, this is not legal. And she shouldn't be putting this out. She shouldn't be asking for this to happen. And she damn sure shouldn't be putting this out on social media for consumption. But what what type of toxicity was Eli Apple involved in that necessitates the, his baby mama... On social media, you know, clamoring for people to injure this man while he's play- while he's at work. That that's crazy. Yeah, it is a it is a wild story, and I'm just reading through it again to make sure I have read correctly what I read. She's uh not at all happy. I mean, well, clearly she's <laughs> unhappy with him. <laughs> you you could say this relationship is never going to be rectified. My favorite part is go for the knees, maybe a hammy. And the reason why it's my favorite part is like, really? <laughs> go for the knees? Like, you want this man to suffer like a career ending injury? Like, I, I, I don't know what the backstory is. I don't want, I don't like to get involved in people's relationships, but this just is, uh, you know, this is crazy. This is, this is nuts. You should not be taking your business out there to social media to this extent. Or to any extent. I mean, and this just proves that you got to know who you're dealing with before you deal with them. Yeah, Eli Apple making wrong decisions out here. I, I don't know what's going on. I, I don't, you know, I don't want to get too, too deep into that. But I just saw that headline, and I'm just like, wow. Like the, just remember, he was criticized for his play, former Giants, and now he's got a bounty on his head. Hopefully, I hope he doesn't get hurt. That would be sad. 800-919-3776. Richard is in Manhattan. What's up, Richard? Richard. Yeah. Hi, Ty. Ty, I'm sorry. Ty. Ty, I'm here. Ty. Why are you screaming at me, Richard? Oh, I'm sorry. I, I was just dozing off. You're Ty, fra- you're wait, hang on. Hang on, Richard. Yes. Why, why are you so frazzled? What's going on? Everything okay? Oh. 
Oh, I'm good, good. No, I was just dozing off. That's why, Ty, that's all. That's a well, time out. Hang on. Yeah. You were dozing off listening to this. You don't just throw that in there. I, I'm doing a, a three-and-a-half-hour radio show, and you tell me you're dozing off. I'm putting oh, you to Ty, sleep. Oh, Ty, I work all day. It's hard. You know, I work hard. So, all right, Ty, you missed the biggest sports story of the day, maybe of the month. What's that? Deion Sanders took a 1-11 team today and beat at their stadium the number two team in the country last year, TCU, 21-point underdog. They were 1-11 last year, T- uh, Colorado. I did this see will never happen. Yeah, this I did see that. never happen. Say it again. I said I did see that. It's a huge story. No, it is. I'm, I'm happy for Dion. I actually watched the celebration uh, on, on my television screen about 10 minutes ago. They were showing it on TV. It's a, it's a huge story. This is going to be on in the front page of the papers tomorrow. This is, I think it's tremendous. All right. Do you know who Peter Alonzo reminds me of? Who's what that? Recent, about 10, 15-year Hall of Fame uh, first baseman retired. 500 homers. Reminds me just like him, country strong. Who are you talking about? Who? Who are you talking about? Tommy. Jim Tomey from the oh, Indians. Jim remember that guy? Former White Sox. Yeah, of course I yeah. remember Jim Tomey. Reminds me just of him. All right. Uh, Ty, let me ask you a question. And not as an analyst, not talking as a Jet fan or a football fan. I'm talking to you as you are an NFL football player. Okay. Okay? Now, for 50, uh, from 1983 to 1998, that's 16 seasons, the NFL opened on Labor Day weekend. Mm-hmm. If you were an NFL player now, and you didn't play much in this uh, preseason, you probably didn't play at all. Did you need another week off now before the season started? Or, or would you have rather, now I'm talking to you as a football player, would you have rather have played today, uh, this weekend and then have two bye weeks during the season spaced apart, like maybe the sixth week and the 11th week or the fourth week and the 12th week, something like that? Wouldn't you think the NFL, uh, uh, you know, the council or the players' union, would push for something like that. Why did they need a week off? Now, I'm not talking about TV. I'm not talking about logistics. I'm just talking about his football players. Wouldn't they have rather have skipped the week off? They just finished their last playoff game two weeks ago. I think that, a week ago. Uh, Richard, I think that could end up happening at some point when once you get that 18th, because they're going to expand the regular season. And once but you're you going to have to have another play, yeah, uh, another bye week. you're going to have to have a, another bye week at some point once you expand to 18. So this could What's be. Wrong with expand- What's wrong with getting another bye week now? 17 is not enough. Well, I think it'll happen once you get to 18, which is uh, not I in the, I mean, the not so distant I don't so see the harm in doing it now and just moving it up this weekend. It's, it's I the, mean, obviously the college football starts this week or the big game, but most of the games are blowouts anyway. So you can't tell me that can be a reason. So the, Richard, got, this is know, keep, this is keeping you up at night. No, no, not at all. No, no. I, I like to think of things that nobody else thinks of, you know, stuff like that, you know. Hey, Ty, you might know this. I don't know the answer to this. When the AFL and NFL merged, I know the NFL didn't have the two-point play. Did they go to the two-point play right away? I know they got it so from the So what was that, AFL. 1970? 70, yeah. yeah. 1970 was the two-point conversion right away. I- I don't recall. Don't yeah, I don't recall. But they got that from the NFL. I mean, they got that from yeah. the AFL. I'm trying to remember what year um, the two-point conversion was instituted. 
because um, I guess they let it. I'm sure it wasn't right away because the NFL was such a yeah. you know conservative thing, and you know that wouldn't they wouldn't have taken that in it right away. It was 94, so it was 24 years later. Yeah, 25 years after. The oh, they waited that long. Yeah, 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 yeah. It wasn't right oh, away. Okay. okay, one thing that the NFL did. Oh, so we're just going to continue the conversation. Okay, go ahead. One, all right. The last, all right. The next, the last season, in the AFL. You know the Jets won. They beat the Oakland Raiders in the playoffs. Yes, sir. But the following year, the last year in the AFL, I believe, is the first wild card game that ever occurred in either baseball or football. What happened was Jets finished first in the East. Houston finished second in the East. Houston was in the East, believe it or not. And in the West, Oakland finished first, and Kansas City finished second. So on that Saturday... After the season, the Jets played Kansas City at Shea Stadium, and Kansas City upset the Jets. And then Oakland beat uh, Houston, and then Kansas City upset Oakland. And Kansas City, of course, went to Super Bowl four. They didn't obviously call it the uh, uh, wild card game. But, and that was the only year they did it because the following year, the NFL and AFL merged didn't happen anymore. And they, they never did it previously. I think that's the... Uh, indication of the first wild card game. Of course, in basketball and hockey, you can't have wild cards because so many teams get in, so there's no such thing as a wild card. And then baseball, of course, instituted a wild card sometime in the late 80s, I guess. I don't know, 90s. But that was the first, I think, wouldn't that be interpreted as a wild card game where you have second place teams vying to go to win the or uh, get into the championship game? Well, say that last part one more time. I'm, I'm going to be... Call those, uh, those were... Wild card games that one year, 1969, December of 69. Jets playing Kansas City and Buffalo Wait. playing. Richard, I gotta I mean, let you Buffalo, go. Houston man. playing. Love you, Richard. I gotta let you go, man. Let's- that that great radio right there. That was excellent. I do want to give a shout out to Deion Sanders though in, in his debut. I mean, we got hype for you know t- nine, ten months of you know him. Going out there, making his debut with, with Colorado, and you know he's been dealing with the health issues and the amputation. Uh, but for him in his debut to secure a victory of this magnitude, you know, beating beating a, a ranked team, uh, TCU right now is ranked at 17, but last year we know how great they were, and they beat them 45 to 42. They were trailing at halftime, and his son Shador Sanders. Set a school record of a 510 yards with four touchdowns, and then the game winner with a 46-yard catch and run uh, by true freshman Dylan Edwards with 425 left in the game. They pulled off uh, this uh, a surprising, surprising upset, 45-42 over 17th ranked TCU. Wow! Shout out to Deion Sanders. We wrap the show next right here on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. The Yankees will be in action at the bottom of the hour, 6.30, uh, pregame right here on 98.7 ESPN. I gave you the lineup earlier, but we'll do that again. LeMahieu Judge are one and two. Dominguez plays center, bats third. Stanton, Volpe, Wells, Pereira, Peraza, Cabrera, and Severino. Looks like uh, Gleyber Torres out of the lineup again, still dealing with that back issue. Severino is on the mound. Looks to make it three straight really good starts for him, considering how the season has started, or you know, considering how the season went for him in the final year of his contract, with him looking for that next contract. Uh, he is... 
it's incumbent upon him to you know do something to entice teams. You figure it's going to be a shorter term deal, but uh, he, he's he's pitched very well of late, and it's interesting to see like what the the market value for him will be. By the way, Jacob, a great tweet I came across. We were talking about Eli Apple's baby moms putting you know a bounty out on him. So Eddie at underscore or at Eddie underscore King Jr. says, "What type of chick if, is he dealing with? If that if she has that kind of money to just spare, <laughs> where she's able to pay your fines? Like those fines are are pretty hefty. We saw Cobb just get hit with fourteen k. She's able to just sell that to you. I mean, if she could sell me anywhere from four grand to twenty grand, I mean, I'm I might have to go strap up and go <laughs> do the job myself. Go go at his uh, go at his knees and his hammy." Well, that's wow. That's crazy. Uh, another story I came across that I don't want to say it's funny because that's mean. But Ben Simmons, ran for a comeback. I guess there's still a chance uh, that Brooklyn could win the trade, the James Harden Ben Simmons trade. Because Harden, yes, he led the league last year in assists, and he helped. When Embiid was out, carry the load. He scored. He had what multiple forty-point games yeah. in that series against the Celtics. But he was awful in Game Seven, and now he hates his general manager. He doesn't want to go back to play for Philly. So I guess there's a chance if Ben Simmons does make that, you know, glorious return, uh, he they could win the trade. The Nets could come out as winners of the Simmons Harden swap. How about but, that? But how many times have Ben Simmons fans, after seeing a workout video during the summer, been optimistic about him going into the season? Or after seeing him hit like three jump shots in a row in practice, <laughs> he's he's finally going to become Steph Curry from beyond the arc. But I think, I mean, you do have a point, though, that he, the Brooklyn Nets might win the James Harden trade. Because, I mean, it's crazy to think that Philly gave him away because he absolutely was done. His confidence was shot, and James Harden was supposed to be that saving grace for to take Joel Embiid over the top. Never happened. No, and it hasn't been the same since Jimmy Butler left. Yeah, and Jimmy called him out for it, and he's like, "You, you, you chose this bum over me." He was talking about Tobias Harris, which is come on, Jimmy, that's mean. But um, the funniest part of uh, of the story is he says he would actually welcome a trade back to Philly. You think that fan base would embrace you? I missed that part of the story, but I don't think they would. I mean, yeah, no. You think Embiid wants to reunite with you after you quit on him? You can't half-ass and then like crawl back after everything. With that fan base, as 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 nuts as they are in Philadelphia, you think that they're gonna let that rock? No chance. No chance. I hope the Nets are good this year. Macau and Cam Johnson, maybe Ben Simmons, a comeback, which. Which, in a way, would stink for Nets fans because then you start to like think about if that comeback had happened sooner. Maybe you retain KD, even if you trade Kyrie. Yeah, but it's just a, it's a me- it's a mess in Brooklyn with with him because that is just right now and like the, an all time bad trade. I still think though that he will get traded, Ben Simmons, not uh, James. But I think Ben will get traded because his value. He's a six nine defender. Yeah, but he hasn't. When's the last time he played a full season? Yeah, but I mean, 
let's be honest. When has Ben Simmons' game ever really been on offense? He's always. But it's been not defense. even just offense, man. Like you're right. He's one of the best. When he's right, he's one of the best perimeter defenders in basketball. His problem is he's never playing. He's never on the floor. And now when people question your mental makeup, you know, fair or unfair, you said he was dealing with issues. You don't want to be insensitive to that. But when they question your mental makeup as far as your desire to play the game of basketball with the, the amount of money you're being paid, that's a huge indictment on you. Yeah, I, I just think to add on to that, um, part, part of that is that, I mean, it's a lot of money that he lost from Philly. I mean, he's still trying to recoup. So, I mean, if you got to play injured just to get some of that money back, why not? I mean, I don't think he, I don't think it's as serious as it was at one point, but I do think he can move on and still not be the Ben Simmons he was, but a, a better version of that. Yeah, he was the number one pick. He, there was a lot of hype surrounding him, and no, he wasn't going to be, you know, he, he wasn't going to be LeBron or, or Durant offensively, yeah. but defensively and his court vision and his passing. When when that trade was first made with Brooklyn, I thought, silly enough, that it could be a really good deal for him. Or for them, because he was everything that they were missing. The playmaking, the ability to run breaks, the court vision, the rebounding, the defense, perimeter, and, you know, being able to switch. It just never happened. So uh, I'm back on Monday, Labor Day, 12 to 3.30, and I am so excited to talk to my guy, Nick Wright, who has been down on the Jets. He has been finishing in last place of the AFC East. So I've got some smoke for him. He's right now playing poker in Houston. But when he comes back before his TV show, he's going to get that work. I'm looking forward to that on Monday. Brandon Jacobs is going to be on the show. And we start our football program next Sunday, September 10th at 11 a.m. We're going 11 to 2. And a lot a lot of times throughout the season, you'll hear from us when the Jets are not playing a 1 o'clock game. They'll be on primetime action a lot. So... I'm looking forward to teaming up with Brandon Jacob. Shout out to Julian. Shout out to Jacob. Uh, our Jacob here, Jacob Perry. Shout out to the audience. Alan Hahn joining the show. Enjoy the rest of your Labor Day weekend. Yankees Astros coming up next right here on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN.